You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning. Are you there, Alex? Good morning, Alex. How are you? Yes, I'm here. Kind of scared me for a second there. No, no, I had to adjust something on, on the, on the uh, mixer, otherwise... Uh you, yeah, you would have been interrupted, oh. and that wouldn't 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 have been good. There yeah, you go. this opening is reliant on you being involved in it. You know, yeah. I, I need to be prepared if you're not around. I'm looking for a two way conversation <laughs> here. Well, we can work on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All is good. Yes, uh, this week has been uh, somewhat uh, busy, though. Mm-hmm. Just first week of Lent. Exactly, that's right. We've been uh, preparing as a as a editorial team the. Uh, various activities that are uh, going to be taking place as well as preparing our newsletter which uh, mm. will be out momentarily and those things listeners. don't come together easily they take a lot of work don't they they do mm-hmm. they do there's a lot of uh, thoughts that have to have to go in together and again when you're working as a team everybody has so many great ideas and mm-hmm. then we have to sort of decide how we're going to uh, implement those right yeah integrate them and then get them out that's the whole technical side of it you've got all the content and then it's the technical part too believe me i know i know yeah. what you're talking about i've i'm dealing with it right now and it's the learning curve is extremely steep for me i'm not sure about you but for me it is um, today's show is live our number is 416-245-1534 please do follow us on our social sites we are on instagram twitter and facebook and we are at the health hub rmc and please do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca also as you know all of our shows are flipped over into podcast format uh, we are the health hub we are on itunes soundcloud spotify all your favorite podcast platforms and you can also find our podcast on the radio maria canada website which is radiomaria.ca and on my website which is kathybiasse.com this week alex this weekend is uh spring forward the time gets changed we move our clocks forward so that means we uh, we, we, we lose, we an, lose hour. an hour. Okay, that's okay. We gain well, daylight. Well, that's true. That's true. That's yeah. very something to look forward to. Yep, spring forward, fall backward. That's, that's right. That's my mantra, and that's that's how I remember things. I really do have to have little ditties and little you know months. <laughs> I, I remember the months if they're thirty one days. This kind of messed me up. Because, oh, February is twenty nine days, but I do it on my knuckles, you know, to try and figure out how many. Right, I, exactly. Yeah, I, I I don't leave anything to memory. I have little ways to try and figure things out. So yeah, spring forward. So that's happening this weekend, which is nice. The weather has been good, so um, um, looking forward to getting some extra. It just makes your your mood a little bit better. It does. It really does. Um, just, you know, now it's it's after six o'clock before the, um, the the sun starts to go down. Even that's, you know, the day just seems so compacted when it's five o'clock and the sun's going down. I know. It's, it's, just, it's like the day's gone and you haven't even left the office. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, um, uh, back to the podcast. Our podcast from last week, right, with uh, Lydia Denworth. Yes. Uh, we love Lydia here. Is up. Uh, yes, that's you can, right. Yes. So we were talking to her about friendship and her new book entitled Friendship. Uh, it was a great conversation and a very knowledgeable woman. And that podcast is up and ready for you uh, to listen to. So um, I, kind of all over the place here. Uh, part of the reason is because I had um, something I wanted to talk about to you, uh, pre-done and uh, ready for you. But uh, I've had a number of people over the last couple of days approach me on what um, I am doing and recommendations for this time of year where viruses are high. And, um, you know, we have the the coronavirus that is, is causing people a little anxiety. So I'm not going to get into the particular virus itself. Uh, for information on that, you look to your 
country's health uh, sites, um, you know, the, the ministry here in uh, Ontario, the federal sites, wherever you are living, there will be information on you about uh, CDC and the World Health Organization's recommendations. So I leave that up to you. Uh, what I'm going to offer to you now is what I am doing and the regime that my family is currently on. And this is an immune strengthening um protocol. This is, you know, not a specific virus protocol. Uh, this time of year, we are always facing uh, viruses, the flu. Uh, this is the, the time of year that they come. And um, so what I will offer up to you is what we do and what why, why I have my family doing this um, at this time of year. So again, this is not a coronavirus protocol. This is an immune strengthening protocol. And um, I will give to to you what we do, but uh, uh, well, per, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, but before I give you the supplements and so forth that, that uh, I am using, I do have to let you know that before you take any supplements, if you are on medication, you need to make sure that these supplements will not interfere with your medication. Generally speaking, they are recognized as safe, but uh, I do need to give you that warning that if you do decide to go on any supplementation and if you have are predisposed to um, a disease or if you are uh, on medication, please make sure that your supplements that you want to take uh, don't have any effect on the medication. So that's the, the preamble I have to give you before I do this. So... When we're talking about um, fighting infection, fighting viruses, and so forth, what we are talking about is strengthening our immune system. So, and 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 reducing inflammation. Those are the the two key areas that I, that I focus on. So, when we're talking about uh, immune, I think the listeners that have been with us for a while know that we're talking a lot about gut health, and actually, this is going to tie in quite nicely to our show today. So, strengthening gut health. Uh, Food-wise, you want solid prebiotic foods and probiotic foods. So prebiotic foods, we're talking about fiber. Fiber feeds your microbiome, and your microbiome is, is, is the seed of your immune system uh, in, in your gut. So fiber, fiber, fiber. 30 to 40 grams of fiber is a recommended uh, amount per day. So increase your fiber. That means increasing fruits and vegetables. The byproduct will be phytonutrients and so forth that are also very important for gut health. Probiotic foods. So we're talking about um, fermented foods. So beet kvass. I'm not sure why that one came up first because I hate beets. Maybe that's why. Anyway, it's a beet kvass. Sauerkraut. Kimchi. Uh, you can ferment anything yourself for the most part. Uh, you can ferment nuts. You can ferment beans. Uh, there are fermented pickles out there. Apple cider vinegar, yogurts. Those are all very important for strengthening your gut. Also very important is proper sleep. Uh, during the night, our body wants to repair, and this is, you know, want to make sure that we have enough energy to do the repairs, to do the fighting, and that requires adequate sleep. So make sure you're uh, getting that. Tips for adequate sleep, you know, looking back to sleeping in a cool room, shutting off your your, your lights so that you're in total darkness. Um, and shutting devices, off, and, Yes, uh, and devices, Get them out of your room. Um, you know, this is this is the time that we need to uh, strengthen our system. And these little these little things, like Alex said, the devices they can be distracting to sleep. Um, last night, I woke up in the middle of the night to uh, it sounded like they were building a house behind us. Um, I don't know what they were doing in the parking lot, but uh, plowing or whatever. And so that that kind of interrupted. And you know, it, Im- impact of sleep is very very important. Um, so I've done sleep, I've done uh, food. Uh, now let's get to the supplements. So the supplement regime that I am on and that my family is on uh, starts with vitamin D. Vitamin D is very important for the immune system. This is something that we're on uh, more highly in the wintertime because of the right. lack of sunshine. Right. And we always cover it up. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, Alex, I'm so glad that you're, you know, you're, you're learning these I, things. I, this I, is great. I know. And you, and you think I just twiddle my thumbs. No, I I'm did. just kidding. No, no. no. 
in no way, <laughs> listeners, does Kathy feel that, feel that way about me. <laughs> no, but, but <laughs> no, it's nice to see because you know sometimes. Uh, well, we won't we won't get into. I won't uncover some, any of those things. Some, that's that's some, good. Sometimes I just look like I'm not paying attention, but everything goes. In. Everything, no. yeah. He's like a sponge. He's like a sponge. In fact, you could do the right. No, I won't do that. No, to no, you. no, so, no, it's okay. So vitamin you're, D. You're the host of this program. I'm going to actually turn my mic off. Yeah, now, that's Kathy. okay. Please go ahead. <laughs> vitamin D is very, very important for the immune, the immune system. Um, a solid probiotic. Uh, we'll be talking about probiotics today. Probiotics for your gut health. Liposomal vitamin C, very important for, well, vitamin C, very important for uh, the immune system for antioxidant value. Liposomal vitamin C is the type that I use. Uh, its delivery system is uh, shown to be much more effective. So liposomal vitamin C. I have a. I have everyone take a garlic pill at this time of year. So garlic is, has got many, many. The allicin and garlic is very, very important for many areas of health. It's an antibacterial and an antiviral. It's good for inflammation. So this is not something that we take all year round. This is something that we take during this period of time. And the last thing that I take is something called deep immune. And this is a combination of different herbs, some uh, mushrooms. Uh, it is, um, I'm going to give a plug to this company. It's made by St. Francis. And it is, it's just an amazing product for strengthening the immune system. So that coupled with recommendations from the health sites, and, you know, things that we're told every day, wash your hands, don't touch your face, are all very, very important to strengthen your immune system and, and help uh, to really do our best to avoid um, getting the flu or a virus. So hopefully that answers some questions that I have been asked. Um, on to today's show, and I'm sure Tina will be able to talk a little bit more towards the value of probiotics in, in, um, in strengthening the immune system. I know she will. Tina Anderson's journey into the world of health had a unique start in some unusual turns. She began her career as a trial lawyer who specialized in settling cases by bringing both sides together, a personal passion of hers. Once her second child arrived, Tina left the high-stress job behind so she could focus on her family. Luckily, she was still able to use her considerable legal skills to point her career in a new direction as the in-house counsel for a family pharmaceutical company. But what Tina saw there made her change her direction again. Frustrated by the many abuses in the pharmaceutical industry, Tina turned toward the fields of na a field of natural health and found her life's work. She channeled her energy into learning all that she could about disease prevention and good health maintenance. That led her to discover the importance of gut health and how connected and crucial it is for overall health and wellness. To share her discovery with the world, Tina, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains the superior probiotic strains of renowned researcher Dr. Simon Cutting. By promoting gut health and probiotics, Tina shares her passion for wellness, helping others live their best physically and help, sorry, helping others to live their best physical and emotional lives. So we will be talking to Tina about uh, a number of things, but we are going to be talking about what a spore probiotic is. That might be something new to a lot of you. Uh, so she will be talking about uh, spore probiotics. Um, do beneficial probiotics need to be refrigerated? That is a question that's uh, I'm asked quite a lot. And how do you choose a good probiotic? So we'll be talking about uh, uh, CFUs, number of strains, and all that. And we will be talking to Tina when we get back from our break. I'm not about to give up because I heard you say there's gonna be brighter days. There's gonna be brighter days. I won't stop. I'll keep my head up. No, I'm not here to stay. There's gonna be brighter days. There's gonna be brighter days. I just might bend, but I won't break. As long as I can see your face. Getting heavy 
Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show is live. If you're interested in calling in, our number is 416-245-1534. And please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can find us at the Health Hub RMC. Tina, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Kathy. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. And uh, I'm not sure if you heard at the top of the show, I kind of changed the, the stuff around at the beginning because of the virus that's going on. And I'm sure we can talk a, um, a bit about how much probiotic can help um, with our immune system. But why don't you start off by, you know, I thought I made a hard left coming from the financial industry into uh, the natural health world. You were, you were a lawyer. What, what uh, you know, tell us about the, the pharmaceutical issues that you spoke of and, um, and all that stuff. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really left the high stress litigation legal field, mostly because I wanted to have a more have more balance in my life. I had, I have three children at the time I had two. And I was like, I just needed to spend more time at home and um, not work every weekend, crazy hours. So um, I was able to go into the pharmaceutical business and the family pharmaceutical business, which was wonderful. It allowed me flexibility and it allowed me to do something that I thought at the time was really bringing health to people and helping people feel better and all of that. But as we were in the industry more, we I really started to see so many of the abuses in the industry. Um, one example that always comes to mind is we had won this huge bid for a cholesterol drug um, for a huge, one of the largest hospital systems in the country. And the pharmaceutical rep came in and was like, oh, this is great. Now my job is to go into every doctor and have them lower the number that they prescribe that particular medicine, medicine, even though somebody maybe didn't need it at that lower number. And I was like, this is crazy that people, you know, are actually doing this. And, and then we started thinking about it. We were like, my husband and I were shocked, but then another part of us was thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't be shocked because we see this happening all the time with relatives. You know, we had one relative who she started on one medicine for a stomach issue then she ended up developing joint pain and then she had skin rashes so you know within a couple months she was on a dozen different medication and medications and still not getting better and we just said you know I I read a lot of Wayne Dyer Norman Vincent Peale I do a lot of deep thinking and we just felt we weren't doing our life's work we really weren't doing what we thought was the right thing to do and it wasn't in line with how we lived our lives with our own children so um, we just uh, decided to really do some research into the natural health and wellness world because that's the way we were living our lives anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly around that time was when the um, Human Microbiome Project was launched by the National Institutes of Health. And it told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. Um, we found out that you know gut health is really paramount to every aspect of our overall health. And through being at the right time, uh, right place at the right time, and um, saying a lot of prayer and a lot of meditations, we were able to license the exclusive strains, have the exclusive rights to these really, really incredible strains out of London University, Royal Holloway, Dr. Simon Cutting. And um, from then, it's been the best journey ever, best career journey ever by far. Um, it's really fun to help people every day um, and and just and, and be involved in research and the latest and greatest research that's out there. So the strains of probiotics, when you say that they're, they're uh, are, they, are they patented by your company or are they, are they strains that you've put together specifically? How does that work? Uh, you know, we've had people yeah. on the show where they, they cultivate their own strains. 
Right. So these strains are actually, we, we have one strain that is the delivery system is patented, but these are actually strains that were found in the environment. These are the same strains that were found that our ancestors used to eat off of the land and get. And the, the biggest difference that, or the biggest uh, contribution that Dr. Simon Cutting had was his ability to keep them in spore form, which is, which is the really, really unique and quality form that, um, ha- that are in the Just Thrive probiotics. So, and we could go into the Just, the, um, the spore form and why they were so unique. Yeah, I want to, you know, I've, I used to take a spore probiotic myself, flip back to another type of probiotic. Um, I think it's important for listeners to understand it really hasn't taken a hold like um, the other types of probiotics. So maybe explain a poor bri- spore, what a spore probiotic is. Um, and is there a reason that it's not as well known? Yeah, yeah. So the interesting thing is spore-based probiotics were used in, for. they're actually been used longer than the majority of probiotics on the market. So the majority of probiotics out there are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacter. And those are the strains that we were inoculated with at birth. And and all of these, like, formulas have been formulated based on what we used to know. But as I mentioned, the Human Microbiome Project was launched by the National Institutes of Health in 2008. And that told us more about the gut than we ever knew before and what we really need to do to affect change in our gut. And so lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains are sensitive organisms. They, de- they have difficulty surviving. For example, you had mentioned the refrigerator. So most need to be refrigerated in order to stay alive. And so the idea is that in order to be a probiotic, it needs to be a live microorganism, live bacteria that actually arrives alive in the intestines. The problem is lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains, which again are the, the strains that are in the majority of probiotics on the market, don't need, they, are, they may be alive in the refrigerator, but they don't be, get alive in the intestines. So the important thing to remember is they need to be live microorganisms when they get into the intestines. And that is the biggest difference with spore-based probiotics. Spore-based probiotics are actually dormant when they're in the bottle. They're not live microorganisms. They actually don't become alive until they hit the intestines. And once they hit the intestines, they take their spore shell off, and that's when they become alive. And so they really have started to take a huge hold in the market. Um, In fact, I think a lot of people are, I mean, you even hear doctors now talking about, you know, probiotics don't do anything. And a lot of times, Doctors will say that because they know that most of them are dying by the time they get to the intestines. And, and that is a problem. There are studies that show that dead bacteria will actually create some type of change in the gut. But really, it, the definition of really being a probiotic is being live when it's in the intestines and then conferring a benefit onto the host, which is the body. So the, the best way to understand spore-based probiotics is that they have this armor-like shell around them, which allows them to survive the environment. So your body temperature, which is 98.6, and allows them to survive the gastric system, which is, you know, of course, the, you know, barrier. It's a gastric barrier. It allow, you know, it, it, it kills off so many of the, you know, organisms that are out there. So these spore-based are, they get to the intestines, and once they hit the intestines, they take their shell off and they go into their live vegetative cell state. And this is not something that we've engineered. This is not something that we've, you know, we've done. These are actually the way these organisms used to, this is what our ancestors used to get when they ate off the soil. They would eat food, they'd get soil on their food, and then they would get these organisms on a daily basis and, be, and take care of their gut because, and, and they, they did this naturally, they became alive in the intestines because they're very intelligent um, bacteria. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So um, a spore, what is the definition of a spore? Yeah, so it basically, it, it's not like a mushroom spore, so I don't want to confuse it with a mushroom spore. The, it's an endospore, so it has an endospore shell around itself, and that's, that's really all it means. It, I don't mean, it, it doesn't have an endospore shell around our capsule, the actual bacteria has this spore around it. So it is this endospore shell around it. And again, it's, and it, it's there to protect itself. So the interesting thing with the spores is that, you know, in the capsule, you swallow it, 
and again, it's dormant through the whole digestive tract, but by the time it gets to the intestines, it takes the shell off, it becomes alive, and then it stays there for about 21 to 28 days where it works through every part of the intestinal tract from the small intestines to the distal colon. And then, you know, we defecate it out and then it goes back into its spore form. So they, they found, um, you know, spores that were from millions of years ago in a fossil, basically showing that they, they still are in spore form and then they go back into their lives live state when they go into the intestines. So the biggest takeaway with spores is that they are just their ability to survive the gastric system so and, when, and the ability to get to the intestine live. So does each spore contain its own unique bacteria? Well, it's, it's the type of bacteria. So if you see a uh, probiotic strain that is called lactobacillus, it, it does, it's not a spore. It's not, it's a lactobacillus acid bacteria. If it starts out with bifidobacter, it's not a spore base. But if it starts out with bacillus, then you would know that it's a spore base, a spore based bacteria. That's one of the best ways to like the easiest ways to figure it out. And the other thing I'd love to explain is that if you envision a garden, and the garden has been stepped on and trampled on, and there's weeds growing all over that garden, and you kind of compare that to your gut, so in your gut, you have, in your intestinal tract, you have, you know, good bacteria. You've got overgrowth of good bac- of bad bacteria. You've got good bacteria, and the and you kind of compare that to the garden. The lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains go into that garden, and they're trying to reseed that garden. So they they most of them have difficulty ever getting into the garden. But let's just assume that they do for a minute. If they get into the garden, they may plant a plant in that garden. But they're not going in and they're not, they're not getting rid of those plants that have, or the weeds. They're not going in and getting, um, taking those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on and bringing them back to life. They're just maybe planting a new plant here and there. So making the garden a little bit better, but then they leave right away. They leave the body, you know, similar to Lactobacillus and Bifidobacter, pass through the intestines to similar to food. Where if you take that same garden analogy and you throw in the spore-based probiotics, they go in there, they attach to the soil, so they're attaching to the intestinal cell wall. Then they have the ability to get rid of the weeds, so they actually are creating antimicrobials to get rid of pathogenic bacteria in your gut. And then the really unique thing is they actually are helping those bac- those good bacteria, the good flowers and plants in the garden, come back to life and, and, and thrive in that garden. So it's the same thing we find. These Spores create compounds and nutrients to help bring our own bacteria that already belongs to us and bring it back to life. So we're, we're creating this lush garden, and they stay there for 21 to 28 days. So it's really, really important that a probiotic survives, and then it actually gets there and, and actually confers a benefit onto the host, uh, onto that garden. Now, is there, um, and you can explain this, and sorry, Alex, I know we're pushing up towards a break, but I want to end with this part. Um, Is there a phage technology involved in the spores? No, not not particularly, no. No. It's just, these are just the way these strains are, are, the way they we found in our environment. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk more to Tina about probiotics, their benefits and, and other information that um, we may need to clarify in order to purchase the proper probiotic. Hey, let me hear you say yeah. You had enough Uh But it's been hard for everyone You're not alone Uh You've been hurting way too long Let it go and just move on Make your way down to the altar Hand it over and leave it there It's gonna be alright It's gonna be be alright It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright Everything that you've been worried about You need him to work it out, he'll work it out, yeah All of your burdens, just bring them all down, You're gonna get an answer to your prayer If you, I know you need it 
pressure yeah. You got all the stress and you need some peace Come on and get your breakthrough, breakthrough. I haven't you been suffering long enough Make your way down to the altar Hand it over, leave it there It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright Take it to the Lord Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Tina Anderson. Tina, I'd like to go into some questions that I'm asked frequently, um, and and I think you will give a, a very clear understanding of the answers to these questions. Um, when we're talking about um, the large and the small intestine, you know, we focus on the large intestine. That's where the 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 bulk of the um, the microbiome and the intestinal tract lays. Um, we often forget about the health of the small intestine. Um, is it important to take care of the small intestine, or or you know, is 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 where the action is the the large intestine? Oh yes, absolutely. And I, and there's a lot of people who shy away from probiotics because they worry if you have if people who have you know SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, they shy away from them. And um, and and understandably so because a lot of lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains actually contribute to that bacterial overgrowth. But um, the spores are actually used as a pharmaceutical in Europe and Asia for that purpose to actually. Um, you know, rebalance the population in the small intestine. So yes, it's absolutely important to uh, focus on the small intestine as well. And the pH as the the probiotic is going. This is the this is uh, my understanding of, of a lot of the issue is the uh, hydrochloric acid and the pH as uh, the common probiotic is making its way through the system. That's where the issue is for its its impactfulness. Is that correct? Well, yeah, the pH of the stomach is, you know, I mean, that, that's why most of them are dying because the pH of the stomach is, you know, the pharmacopoeia state is a 1.3 for gastric survivability, and most probiotic strains wouldn't even survive the pH of the stomach. 
So, so when, um, when they get down into the, uh, so the pH changes as it gets down into the small intestine, and then again, as it gets to the large intestine, and is the pH, what is, what's actually getting the spore to become activated? Yeah, it's, it's the environment that they just know. They're very, in, they, they call them intelligent bacteria. They, they know, it's not necessarily the pH, it's just the whole environment. They know that that's their home. They're gut commensal organisms, meaning that these are strains that belong in the gut. They're, they're supposed to be there. So they read the microbial environment. So it wouldn't be the pH alone, that would be part of it, but it would be the whole environment that they are reading and understanding that this is where they need to be, this is their home. And, and the interesting thing is, even when they recognize, so these strains actually have been tested with the use of antibiotics and they have been shown to survive the presence of antibiotics. So when they sense a dormant environment, or I'm sorry, a hostile environment like an antibiotic, they go back into their spore form. They're very, very unique and intelligent microorganisms that actually will go back into their spore form when an antibiotic is in its presence. Interesting. Now, is there an arena where both types of probiotics are needed? Well, I mean, there would be nothing wrong with taking both types of probiotics. Um, it, you know, of course, I, but I just feel like that most of the studies are done on single strain probiotics, you know, so mm-hmm. lactoram, lactobacillus rhamnosus GG, you know, they've got great studies on that. So we should be focusing on that one single strain. What's happening in the industry is that companies are taking like one study and not using that particular strain. They're using the genus and the species, but not the actual strain that the studies were done on. And so we have seen that those, you know, we've seen this happen. And so our approach is actually to do studies on our finished formula. So we actually have a double blind, a human double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut. We have nine other clinical trials going on right now. We've done, you know, I, I mean, we, we focus mostly on, studies that are actually showing that what we're doing, you know, we could we could hypothesize about all these things that we could look at studies that have been done on spores before, but we really want to know with these particular, this particular combination of strains, how is it going to work in the body? And we actually showed that these this combination of strains actually caused a 42% reduction in LPS toxins seeping into the bloodstream, which of course is the cause of leaky gut. And, and of course, we know now that leaky gut is, you know, really the driver of most, you know, 90% of non-communicable diseases out there. So, well, let's so take a step back focus. and reiterate what leaky gut is. Yeah, so leaky gut is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's basically mm-hmm. there are holes in the intestinal wall that allow toxins that are really not problematic in your gut, and they seep into your bloodstream. And we know now that 90% of non-communicable diseases are attributable to a leaky gut. I mean, it's hard to find any, any disease that is not associated with an imbalance of our gut or a leakiness of mm-hmm. our gut. So basically, it, leaky gut happens when the tight junctions in our gut lining open up and these, these um, toxins that are, like I said, like LPS is one of the major toxins out there that and they seep into your bloodstream and they become, you know, very, very problematic. I mean, and basically, you know, we, if somebody has a autoimmune issue, if somebody has food sensitivities, food allergies, I mean, it's almost guaranteed you have a leaky gut, but they're even estimating 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut and doesn't know it. And um, so it's really important that we seal up that, the, those tight junctions by taking a probiotic or, you know, other doing other things that will actually, help that gut barrier to seal it back together. Now, when we're talking about spore probiotics versus, I'm calling them regular. I don't know what, what you would call the other type of sure. probiotic. Yeah. Uh, um, are we talking to, do spore probiotics give us the same benefits as the probiotics that we commonly see in the store? So I'm talking about uh, the vitamin production, making certain foods more bioavailable to us, the short chain fatty acids. Is it the same byproduct that we are getting with the spores? Well, it's way better. That's the whole, that's definitely the whole point is that this is a way better approach because you're getting live bacteria into your gut. And we, you know, so the the regular probiotics, if you will, you know, they were based on what we used to know. They they go in there, they they will 
and, and we know they're sensitive organisms. We know the lactobacillus and the thrombacter strains are sensitive. We know because like they need to be alive. They need to be refrigerated in order to stay alive. And how in the world would they survive 98.6 of your body temperature? And the mm-hmm. answer is they really aren't surviving. And so, like I said, dead bacteria will give you some of those benefits that you mentioned. But imagine what live bacteria does. So live bacteria is actually, you know, really conferring all of these benefits onto the body. So it's increasing short-chain fatty acid production. We have a study on our strain showing that it increased um, – the short-chain fatty acid production by 40%. It actually um, created a favorable shift in the gut flora by up to 30%, and this was Hmm. only after two weeks. I don't know of any probiotic that is a study showing a favorable shift of 30% over two weeks. So we are getting, you know, you get exacerbated benefits because, you know, having a lot of probiotic cells is only important if they're all surviving and, mm-hmm. and most of them are not. And I mean, companies know this because they try to intercoat them and they try to do different things to try to get them to survive. But even if they survive the gastric system, they have to meet the bile salts and the small intestine and they're not going to get to the intestines, uh, you know, or they're not going to get there alive and do all the work they need to do. So to answer your question, they are doing so much more than the regular probiotics out there. Interesting. Now, when we're looking at uh, a regular versus a spore probiotic bottle, um, are we also seeing on your product uh, CFUs? Um, and can you explain what that is and if, if, in fact, they are important for people to know? Sure. So CFUs stand for colony forming units, and it basically tells you how much of the bacteria is being put in the capsule. So this has been a big thing right now. You know, companies are doing 50 billion CFUs and 20 billion CFUs, and then some are going up to like 100 billion CFUs. And so that really is kind of based on marketing. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. basically people are, you know, they're like, oh, more is better. And that's, you know, the kind of mentality that we've all become accustomed to that more is better. But really, there's no science on that. There's no science. Everything we do is based on research, based on science. There's no science. The only way more is better is if we know that more is actually getting to the intestines alive, and we know that most of them aren't. And so, um, you know, really, we have CF, we have 3 billion CFUs in our product. And what we know is that our 3 billion actually 100% survive. We've done independent third-party gastric survivability studies showing that all 3 billion of our CFUs actually survive and they get to the intestines alive. And that is the key. So, and there is no study that 50 billion is better than 20 billion or 100 billion is better. I mean, there's some products that are 250, 500 billion. It's gotten a little bit, you know, out of control. And there's Mm -hmm. really no studies that are telling us that that is a better way to, you know, to get a probiotic other than maybe more of them will survive, you know, and then you might get some, but, Mm -hmm. and it's not just survival too. I mean, it's important that they get there alive, but then we have to know what they do. The regular probiotics or lactobacillus, they get there and they pass through like food passes through. They don't stay there for a while. The spore base actually stay there for 21 to 28 days where they're working through every single part of the intestinal tract from the small intestine all the way down to the distal colon. They're kind of cleaning up that garden and, and making that garden more beautiful. Okay, I want to ask a question here, but I got a couple more before we, we, um, we end the show. Um, so when you're talking with your spore probiotic, do you need, because of its impact, do you need less of it um, or do you titrate it up? How do you compare dosage-wise between someone who's, who's, you know, taking the regular one and yours? Yeah. So we our, our dosage is one capsule a day, and we, we do recommend that people sometimes start out slowly, maybe a half a capsule. You could actually open these capsules and mix it with food, and you, so you could do a half a capsule. Um, you could mix it with drink. You could actually bake with these strains. They're so oh. robust that you're able to bake with them, which is great. You know, I used to put in my son's piping hot oatmeal before he could swallow the capsules. Um, so, and then, but we most people take one a day with food. They we have a study that shows that they actually work better in the presence of food. So we would suggest that you take one capsule a day with food, and you could titrate up. You could start out with a half a capsule or one capsule every other day just to make sure that, you know, the die-off, you could, you know, people could experience die-off with probiotics. Um, But don't get scared of that. That just basically means that you're 
you know, it's working and it's, it's going to work to change your bacteria, um, you know, your gut flora composition. So, um, so we just one capsule a day with food. And so um, someone who's going to change over, uh, will they, should we expect any type of gastrointestinal a backlash or will the transition be easy? Would you think what to look for in a normal transition uh, for people who, who want to try a spore probiotic? Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously so individual, mm-hmm. um, but I would say most people should be fine just going directly to a, um, one capsule a day. Okay. Um, Now, we've touched on it a little bit. Um, We talk about biodiversity and so forth and strains, Um, and they're they're kind of linked. What is your thought on specific strains and then the importance of biodiversity and how uh, how they kind of are linked together, or is there a link, in your opinion? Well, I think diversity is really paramount to good gut health. I mean, in order to have a good microbiome, a healthy microbiome, and and thus good health, we need a diverse microbiome. It's really, really important to have a diverse microbiome. Now, the interesting thing is there is a myth out there that people think that, oh, in order to have diversity in my gut, I need to take a whole bunch of different strains, switch up my probiotic every, every couple months so that I can get different types of bacteria. Well, I mean, that's really like taking a, you know, a penny and throwing it into a pool that's filled with quarters. I mean, it's not really making a difference. The way we create diversity is to take the bacteria that already exists in our gut and helping bringing it back to life because we have, we have diverse microbiomes. We are born with them. They might not all be thriving and they may not all be, they may be stepped on and trampled on like that garden analogy. But the, the key is to find bacteria, probiotics, bacterial probiotics that are actually helping create diversity by helping your own microbiome, your own probiotics come back to life and, and thrive in your gut. So can we resurrect maybe certain strains of bacteria that um, we haven't nourished properly or once they're gone, they're gone? No, absolutely. That's that's absolutely. You hit it right on the head. That's exactly the point. It, people will say you, they'll come up to me at a conference and say, "Oh, I, I did a stool test, and you know they told me that I have zero lactobacillus, whatever it might be." And and I'm like, "Well, it's not possible. I mean, there's something left there. There's something left that we could, you know, bring back to life." Well, the other thing, too, is that studies are now showing that if you don't have, you know, you, you were saying that scientists are studying specific strains, and they find that strain A does this, 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 and this. But studies are also now showing that if you don't have strain A, strain B may be able to do the same thing. So I think that's an important piece of, um, you know, when you're getting, I want your thoughts on the microbiome test as well, but I, I, th- I think a, an all-encompassing understanding is important for people. You know, this, a lot of people are getting the microbiome tested and they're getting back that you've got this, 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 you're low on this, 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 and it might be alarming for some. But um, different strains can do many and varied things. What are your thoughts on, on microbiome testing, stool testing? Is it relevant to you? You know, I think it's very flawed. I think they're very flawed because, you know, they will do a stool test and it, it's like um, if you are in vision, like Chicago, it's, it's like the, the good analogy is like if you have the city of Chicago and you you look at a sampling of the south side of Chicago and say that represents all of Chicago and it doesn't, you know, and you there are it, it's not a full test. It's not a full it, it's a start. And it's just like a lot of this science, all of this science that we found with the human microbiome project it i mean it's so exciting what we're finding out from this test and how important our gut is you know to every aspect of our overall health but i think it's a start with biome testing um but i don't think it's a hundred you know a, a real accurate um example of it so i think again we we want to take strains that are going in and and taking our own bacteria and helping to bring it back to life and getting rid of the pathogenic bacteria. If there's one particular strain that is, you know, shown to treat with diarrhea and it's been studied and, and, and they have dealt, you know, a published human clinical trial, then by all means, take it if you think you're low on it. Um, but 
I don't know that it's it's entirely accurate. It's a start, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it's entirely accurate. And I think it gets people very panicky. Um, and I, I just don't think it yeah. is a true representation of your whole gut. Yeah, and 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 that's that's sort of what I was alluding to. You know, we we are so even though it's been 12 years since um, the human microbiome study, it's just the beginning of the understanding. And, um, you know, red flags can be raised when there's no need. So I think the overall approach, uh, eating well, taking a good probiotic, you know, we know that that's that's part of the, the good piece of the puzzle. Now, your particular probiotic, can you give us the name of it? And, and do you distribute all over the world? Or is this specifically a U.S.-based company? Sure. Um, the name is Just Thrive Probiotic. Um, and it is, you know, we, we do ship outside of the United States. It's just we don't have distribution in other countries. So we do ship from the U.S. to different countries all over the world. Um, but we don't have necessarily distribution in other countries. So, And now if we were interested, if listeners are interested in trying the probiotic, where can they find it and order it? JustThriveHealth.com. Okay, perfect. And we will definitely um, have that information when the podcast comes out. So if you've missed it, um, it'll be there. It'll be there evergreen. So you can uh, pick it out to pick it up whenever uh, you need to take, um, you know, to take a look at the website. It's very, it's a very great uh, website, lots of information, and it's a great, great product. Uh, Tina, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us. Very informative, very informative. Spore probiotics, not something that I'm 100% familiar with. So I, I appreciate you taking the time with us. Well, thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you inviting me on. Fun being here. Yeah, it is. It's great to talk about these new products and and the benefits of them. Um, So, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that show, and we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.